And Taya. In this week's episode, we will be discussing The Picture of Dorian Gray by Oscar Wilde and the movie adaptation called Dorian Gray, the 2009 one. Just to let you know, this is not a spoiler-free podcast, so listen at your own risk. This is editing Taya here. I just wanted to let you know that this is an episode we recorded a long time ago, and so the layout is going to be a little bit different than it would normally be. Um, Just bear with me, and I hope you guys enjoy this episode. If you would like to listen to a spoiler-free episode, we will have ones out at the end of every season. The only one we have out right now is the fantasy recap. Yeah, you're going to be waiting a long, long time. Just read the book by then. (laughs) Yeah, just read the book. Honestly, it's an amazing book. Okay, we wanted to say before we got into this episode that if you listened to our previous episodes and were wondering what the book we were talking about yeah why we're always acting so mysterious when talking about this certain book it's this book because (laughs) this is the book that's actually started everything honestly like our podcast Mm -hmm. we read this book back in september october of last year Uh we loved it so much that in like november we're like hey we want to start a podcast january we got it running february we started posting so yeah this is the book that started the podcast this is the book that got me into a lot of reading it's just nothing particular about this book it's just there's it's something there's something about the book that just makes it So basically, the picture of Dorian Gray is about this guy named Dorian Gray who goes to his friend Basil's place, not Basil, Basil, um, his friend Basil to get a portrait of him done. And there he meets Basil's other friend, Henry. And Henry and Dorian kind of hit it off, but then Henry's like, wouldn't you like to like look like that painting forever? Like, aren't you kind of jelly about that, Dorian? And Dorian's like, you know what? I am because I want to be beautiful forever too. Why does this portrait get to be so good looking while well, I'm going to like look like trash in like 50 years, you know? Like, like you henry and then, <laughs> it's not like exactly completely realistic fiction but basically what happens is that dorian starts hanging out with henry more and more he does not age at all and he gets really badly influenced and starts doing a lot of bad things including murdering basil uh poor basil and basically while dorian does he does all these like bad things he doesn't get ugly or anything but his painting like gets like really rotten and like ugly and weird it's gross yeah there's like maggots in there the level Mm -hmm. of detail that goes into that Oscar was very dedicated to letting us know how disgusting the portrait was. That's basically the whole book. It's a pretty short um, book, actually. So if you wanted to read a classic, I would recommend yeah. this. Just just read it, please. If you... Okay, well, now it's kind of too late because now we spoiled everything, so... Yeah, you should have read the book before you listened to our summary of the book. But yeah, it's too late now. I feel like our feelings towards this book has already become apparent. I really enjoyed this. Um, Uh There are obviously things that I do not enjoy about this. Not so much like character, but also just the things written. You know, it's just not good to say anti-Semitic things. But anyway, we'll get into that a little bit later. Dude, with the amount of classics, you're going to have to do so many of those freaking warnings as being like, I I know. There's just racism and there's... It's... It's really disappointing, but on on to the like the actual book. I did really like the character. Why did you like the, um, the character development? What character? Okay. Because okay, well, it's character development, but like not your. T- it's not your typical character. There's development. a lot of character development. It's just not good. It was an interesting book to read because you did not or you should not have liked any of the characters or related to any of them in a super significant way. I really hope you do not relate to Dorian, to uh, Lord Henry Wotton. Let's be honest, I he, no. Um, Basil, <laughs> we're gonna talk about him, but I hope you do not relate to him in any way. Um, just maybe you could be a painter. I mean, maybe you can just be like, I'm a good, yeah, I was going to say that. That's one thing I liked. I also, I don't know. It was just like, it just made you want to keep reading, didn't it? Mm -hmm. I don't, there's something like suspenseful about it. Also, I meant to say this earlier, but we haven't really talked about editions before. 
because one, the books we've read have been more modern, and two, they've all been written in English. I don't know if we're gonna cover any books that are translated, who knows, but just to be aware, there is a couple editions of the picture of Dorian Gray. What I have, I recommend reading the original, like just the regular Dorian Gray that you can find, but I also recommend maybe getting a copy of the uncensored picture of Dorian Gray. So basically, it's the original manuscript that Oscar Wilde wrote before it was sent to the editors and before things were changed. So there's, I don't know, it's a bit gayer if that's what you're in for, who knows. Um, uh, there's also some just minor detail changes that that's why I would recommend having the more well-known one. I think the uncensored one actually came out in 2011, so it is pretty recent. So yeah, I definitely recommend it. Um, page 144 of the edition that I have, if you guys want to know. Look at that, the scene with Basil, I gotta say, it is spectacular. Okay, I really love the picture of Dorian Gray. I mean, Taya knows, like, I'm not the biggest fan of classics, mostly because I can't process any of them. So Good I can't luck really, this season. Yeah, I'm gonna have a difficult time this season. But like, I can't exactly fully enjoy them. And I like just, I'd rather read some other book. Uh, last year, so basically what happened is I w was looking at all these YouTube videos so for books I should get. And they were like all classic books because I wanted to look all like pretentious. I mean, I was pretty pretentious about like all these books I was checking out, right? So then I'm like, okay, I'm gonna get these like complicated books that like people are like, oh, they're so difficult. I would never do that again. But Dorian Gray was like one of the books I got and I read it and I actually really, really liked it. And I don't know, I was just like, while I was reading the book, I just randomly text Taya about random things going on and she'd be so confused being like, what are you reading? And then also I'd like sometimes while I'm just like reading chapters, like after a few chapters, I just like go up to my dad and start ranting to him about what's going on in the books. And he was like, why did I buy this for you? <laughs> so it's a very eventful book there's always a lot of things going on it's kind of i don't want to say it's like a murder mystery because like you know who murdered someone like right away but like there's always murders going on and kind of a lot of things in the book are a mystery yeah it's very mysterious there's also supernatural element almost to like the painting yeah the whole painting situation is probably the only supernatural aspect of the book and one thing i just really enjoy about the book is all the characters they all really suck but that's what i like about the book so much because they all suck because like you're not gonna find like a popular book there's not any really popular books with like um characters that are this awful as main characters just doing terrible things throughout the book i agree with you so i just think it's a definitely a change of scenery yeah and if they were you know that people would agree with them i hope not like if it was fantasy oh yeah fantasy no imagine if Gordon gray was a fantasy novel everyone would be done for it kind of is like it has a fantastical element okay well that's more like let's just hope book talk Gosh, does not no. catch a hold of this book no 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 no, no. Let's, let's hope not. I've been rambling and saying a bunch of stuff, but it's a good book. Go ahead and read it. Taya, you can talk now. <laughs> yeah, so I love classics. She, next season is going to be mm -hmm. a season, not going to spoil it, but it's going to be a season that she likes that I do not like. So we're kind of switching off here. Um, actually, the copy that I got, my dad had the complete works of Oscar Wilde. So I was lugging around this like giant book. So it is very nice to have my handy dandy small like 200 page the uncensored picture of dorian gray um i think it really just depends on what you get um but yeah hearing you talk about you texting me it brings back such good memories of like november like it was a really good quarantine read too because it was like school just started yeah, yeah those were such fun times like i mean not like the school like quarantine situation but just like reading the book yeah like that was really fun moving on to plot honestly the plot was all over the place like it was pretty straightforward it's not like a dickens book where you've just like so much stuff going on but stuff happened pretty quickly and you were always reading some sort of thing in the works which i really liked because it is pretty short right and the plot is just dorian becoming a horrible person like there's no redemption there's no like trying yeah. to sympathize with him it's really just about just everything going down the drain it started off so good and then it ended in such disaster it didn't even start off that good literally like a page in we're introduced to henry which is like this weird pessimist saying random words he's so pretentious yeah so like it wasn't even that great he wasn't even that great he didn't like do anything he just stood there 
Yeah, so we didn't really get to know too much of quote-unquote good Dorian in the beginning, yeah. and then it just kind of turned into something else. Oh no, I don't think he really had any morals to begin with because of how quickly he just like went along with Henry. Oh yeah, I also wanted to say like we're gonna talk about the movie t at the end of this episode, but I did not realize how early on his, I guess, romance with Sybil Vane happened because it's literally in like chapter three and it's like what 14 chapters so like mm -hmm. there's a lot that happens after Sybil versus like Sybil's just kind of a very small part of this story it's really just Dorian it's all Dorian everything revolves around him let's be honest yeah the plot like as Hay was saying it's not that intricate like there's something that happens and then Dorian does something bad and you're like Dorian no and then he's like Dorian yes and then he keeps on doing bad things at first it's like he doesn't really do anything really that bad until basically he's really rude to Sybil he harasses her yeah and then she died and she didn't he didn't even go to his funeral like that would have been the like perfect place for his like character to start developing upwards but i think after he just went along with henry and henry was just like that's not a big deal I'm like don't worry about it dorian and dorian's like eh, okay and i feel like that was kind of like the point of no return for dorian like he was not getting any better after that and he even tried at the very end of the book but he went back to his old ways like within a minute i think that was like a very important part like a good turning point for him i also think when he murdered basil i did not see that coming well neither did i i did because um someone spoiled it for me oh yeah oops <laughs> anyway it's okay it's you're lucky it was you if it was someone else i would never forgive them um <laughs> so i kind of knew that that was gonna happen but i was still shocked i was like this is how it's gonna happen over what like mm -hmm. so yeah i'm not really sure like they he just got upset that like basil was calling him out and then he was like shank shank pretty much like dorian too many knife deaths mm. in like the the span that the amount of like books and movies and things that i've watched where characters have died from knives just stay away from knives that's that's all i have to say which is like yeah stay away from knives kids so yeah that's pretty much the plot just dorian becoming a horrible person on to character okay there are so many layers to dorian gray you know there's the manipulation side the, um, both him being manipulated and him taking that turning that manipulating other people there's the self-fulfillment and the total disregard for anyone but himself you know all that jazz and it all revolves around him which like what's worse is he doesn't even do it for himself or like i don't think that's what he truly wants to do because from him being manipulated by henry for so long like his original desires are so distorted and manipulated from what they originally were that I think that can he think for himself? Mm, I don't know. Well, it's debatable. And I truly think that the things that he does makes him feel guilty, but he just doesn't know what to do with all those negative feelings. So he kind of like suppresses it and denies it. And then it leads to further issues. I just think that there are multiple factors that help change Dorian Gray into a monster. You know, there's society, Henry, etc and his moral reputation is tied to his appearances so like people are very hesitant hesitant to believe that he has done wrong so i think that all those things combined really just fueled his little fire yeah. <laughs> you know i feel like it was easy for me to like try to be sympathetic for dorian like because i'm just like oh henry just keeps on manipulating him and making him do all these terrible things right but then it got to the point where even dorian himself would admit Henry is a sucky person. He's like telling me all these terrible things, but I'm still going along with it. He just goes along with it, you know? And like at that point, I'm like, okay, you're just setting yourself up. He's not even like being taken advantage of because he's clearly aware of the situation he's in, right? And this is like kind of related, kind of unrelated. But for those of you that have watched Bojack Horseman, Dorian Gray kind of reminds me of Bo Bojack Horseman because they're both characters that i mean we can you can kind of explain the bad childhood part for dorian gray in a bit but bojack had a terrible childhood he had a terrible childhood and he grew up to be this really sucky and terrible person and he's like the main character of the show right i'm not saying they're the same but i feel like the way that they both like continually do terrible things and they'll be empathetic for a short period of time and then go back to doing terrible things again i feel like kind of just like parallel each other in a way which I just think main characters that are like this are just really interesting to see. 
cheap since there's like a huge lack of them. Not that I'm saying there should be more of them or something, but they're just really interesting to see. Yeah, I think that even at the end, Dorian is the same in the sense that he is bad because he recognizes he has done wrongs to others around him, such as murdering Basil, but he refuses to self-reflect or change. And instead he tries to make himself feel better by telling himself that the simple action of recognizing his wrongs almost erases everything. I think that we can all see this in like our regular life. If we apologize, we feel better, but apologies aren't meant for you. Yeah. You know, like I, I see this so much where people just make no effort of like restitution in their lives. Like they just don't address the problem, but then they're just like, oh, I'm sorry. And then it, it makes themselves feel better. So I feel like everything that he did towards the end, it was for himself. I don't think anything he did was like actually truly, he really felt bad for murdering Basil because I just think he was like, I think he does struggle with having a lot of guilt and he doesn't know what to do with those negative feelings so his response is to do more bad things honestly yeah i agree with everything you said one thing about dorian is that he's a realistic character like parts of him we're we don't want to acknowledge like we're just gonna be like he's a terrible person he's this and that like that could never be me i mean i hope it can never be me you know but then like also like there are parts of him that i feel like everyone can probably just still notice in themselves because it's not like everyone's perfect, you know? And I'm not saying everyone's Dorian Gray either. I relate to Dorian. I'm pretty. Okay, just don't make a random like deal with a portrait and then turn rotten when you try to stab it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I just feel like Dorian in that sense is relatable. Not that I'm gonna admit to it and be like, oh, I really, not for purposes of being good looking, but I'm not a blonde. Anyway. Yeah, can we just like say that Dorian is a blonde? He's blonde hair, has blue eyes. Like, the movies do not do him justice. I just wanna say that. Like, <laughs> I'm sorry, but this sounds so funny. <laughs> All that paint got to his head. So I just like to say that when I read this first, I was like, hmm, I really like Basil. And then he died, so I hid my sympathy for that. But if he were to keep living or like didn't get murdered unjustly, I think I just would not like him and his character because first of all, he simps for Dorian so much. And he, first of all, Dorian's younger than he is. So like, mm, I don't know about that. He's manipulated by Dorian and he tells Dorian that he has so much power over him and Dorian's like, cool, I'm gonna use you. And Basil's just like, okay with that, which I don't agree with. Like he needs to be setting some basic standards for himself, but. I wouldn't say that I dislike Basil. He's definitely a character that I like the most throughout reading the book because like- and That tells you something. He wasn't like the only character, like the only reason that was for was because he wasn't terribly awful, you know, like Henry and Dorian, which is kind of the standard for the book characters, you know? So I'm like, wow, Basil, breath of fresh air, you know? <laughs> but like really it isn't that um, dramatic because after reflecting on it, I would say that Basil is very naive. I don't think that makes him a bad person or like it makes me dislike him. They're both naive. In different ways though, because you see that Basil is like friends with Henry. It's not like Basil becomes this terrible person like Dorian did. He wasn't like innocent like Dorian, I feel in that way, where Dorian was kind of just getting exposed to the world and met Henry. And then he's like, whoop-de-doop, I'm gonna become just like you. You know, yeah. <laughs> it was more so just like Basil took way too much liking to his art and it really just influenced him because the only reason that I mean, I saw that was apparent for why he liked Dorian was because he was good looking and because he could use him constantly for his art. Right? And not even about his personality, which like that's kind of a shallow way of thinking about Dorian, just about like his because I mean, Basil probably knows that Dorian's kind of a not good not so good person and he continues to like choose him i f i feel like we were, how we were talking about like how everyone just thinks dorian's this pleasant person because he's rich and he's good looking so he must be like a good person on the inside too if he's like that good looking on the outside right i feel like Basil's a prime example of this because even though he hears like all these really nasty like rumors about dorian and he knows dorian personally and Dorian hangs out with Henry all the time. And even Basil was aware of how Henry could possibly 
um, influence Dorian because I I mean I kind of have a theory that Henry has done this with like multiple people that yeah um, he's had would, to at least yeah because it seemed like uh, Basil was kind of already wary of it you know so it's not like it was probably came out of nowhere basically he knows all this nasty stuff he knows Dorian he knows Henry he still goes to Dorian's place and professes his love to him kind of it's very coded Unless you're reading the uncensored version. Yeah, I mean, I'm just interpreting, and that was a lot of poetic words for me to, like, you know? So I'm, I know. I'm just like, gonna I've say, worshipped you. Like, it's a whole talk of worship. Yeah, I'm just gonna, like, call that a love confession right there. Not that it really came in handy, because he literally did just get murdered afterwards. He's not the sharpest tool in the toolbox, if you know what I'm saying. The brightest bulb in the batch. That's a thing. Who has a batch of light bulbs? Batch is like, you know, like a case. You have a case. Oh, I thought you meant like you just throw light bulbs in a container. And you're like, I have a batch of light bulbs. No, but, um, <laughs> that's, that's very odd. Okay. Um, <laughs> no, he does profess his love almost because if you are talking about the uncensored version, it says like, it is quite true that I've worshipped you with far more romance of feeling than a man should ever give to a friend. Somehow I had never loved a woman. I should, I suppose I never had time yada yada talks about like all this stuff how he's like always happy with him and all this stuff and then at the end he's like don't be angry with me for what i've told you like as i said to harry once you are made to be worshipped and just dorian's so happy with this like he's like oh you don't know my secret your secret is that you like me mohaha anyway but i do think that not that it, it wasn't out of character it was just like really basil like you chose dorian out of all the people it was dumb and then he got murdered, so... I feel like if you hear nasty rumors about this person, you try to address it with them, and the person's just like, rumors are rumors. Like, it's not that big of a deal. That's kind of what Lord Henry does, too. Yeah, he kind of just mimicked what he did. And, like, he already knows who Lord Henry is and how bad of a person is. Like, if Dorian is, like, mimicking Henry, like, get out of there. But, like, I mean, I can't exactly blame Basil for being murdered because I'm pretty sure he didn't just expect to, like, be, like, shamed yep. by Dorian. Like, just after seeing the painting, <laughs> that was kind of, like, random of Dorian just to be, like, shank, shank, you know? Being, like, you should not tell me about these rumors. I don't care. And he was just trying to go to Paris, dude. Too bad for him, I guess. I know. He wanted to live his life. I have a couple things I want to say about Henry. <laughs> If we're going to talk about Henry, I think we have to talk about his um, weird sayings. So, like, he he has excuses for literally everything, and somehow he manages to contradict himself. <laughs> because what he does is he says stuff that is so vague, <laughs> so and it can be um, interpreted in different ways, and yet he's still convinced- he's like, yes, that is true, that is what I said, and he's he's just so arrogant. Like, okay. One of the sayings I just found today when we were looking through the book, Henry had not come in yet. He was always late on principle. His principle being that punctuality is the thief of time. Like, what? Who? Okay, first of all, now Dorian knows about this, so obviously he had to talk about punctuality and it being a thief of time. He talks about, like, never marrying. He's so bad to his wife. He's like, don't marry blondes because they don't do anything. And it's just like, whoa, Henry has just so much, like crap coming out of his mouth with like no evidence to back it up and it's just like so strange because if anyone said that like if punctuality is the thief of time i'd be like who are you like who gives you the right to say that he is an aristocrat just you know leeching off family money right now so he really has no job let's be honest he has nothing better to do but to spew nonsense but he's just such a horrible character and you know what's even worse is that by the end of it he's starting to look like a better character than dorian like he's starting to look like he's actually like a great character in contrast so no there's... actually i mean to be fair like i mean henry hasn't exactly murdered anyone from what we know true maybe he has but like we don't know if he just like i mean he didn't go ahead and like murder like basil after basil like i don't want you seeing dorian henry says a lot of stuff but he doesn't do anything he's all talk no walk one thing I do like about how Oscar wrote Henry is he's literally just a bad character. Like, he- it's like a realistic type of bad. It's, no, it's not like some fantasy novel where this like random guy wants to take over all these nations for no reason stated except for he's bad and he wants to like take over all this like property, you know? I feel like- <laughs> 
the dark thing. I feel like Henry is like actually realistic for a bad person because I mean there's probably people we could meet and meet in real life that are just like all pretentious and like saying all this random stuff and I like that Henry doesn't exactly have a reason for being bad. He's just like some like spoiled 40 year old man you know. I mean we'll get into the movie later but like he doesn't exactly have anything we need to feel sympathetic about either you know i want to make a list of all the things he says like all of his weird rules and stuff and then see how much of it contradicts each other and then on top of that he's just so horrible to his wife like dorian totally flirts with his wife let's be honest there was there was something going on there but other than that we're not going to talk about that right now is that he literally tells dorian in like the earliest part of the chapter never marry on multiple times never marry when he's engaged to sybil vane he's like he's he's gone you literally don't hear from him for a while first of all he breaks up with sybil and lord henry's like good job like great job and then he is married and his wife is like there like probably internally crying because her husband's like never marry honestly though why did she do it for money probably i don't think their marriage is particularly happy i mean yeah I mean, they don't, yeah, they don't, I mean, Henry even said they don't even talk or really associate with each other that much. So, like, it's probably just for money or family family purposes, you know? Which is most marriages, even now. I wonder what Henry's family is like. <laughs> Dead, probably. <laughs> yeah, that, that explains why he has so much money, I guess. Maybe, like, there could be, like, a sequel where he, did, like, murders his whole family so he can get money. When I hate like to break joined. it to you. But, <laughs> don't, um, no, 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 don't break Oscar it. Oscar Wilde's dead. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. Okay, I mean, you, we were making our own like weird sequel thing. We're not talking about our Dorian Gray fanfic. Yeah. Okay. With Mr. Okay. Colton Fisher running from tax evasion from Florida. Yeah, and then he travels back in time to like London and. Meets it's not even back in time. It's like modern time. Or no, no, no. Henry's gone. He went to get milk. Remember, and then got hit by a bus. Oh uh, yeah, he died like within like the first paragraph. And I mean, okay, we kind of went off topic, but Henry is like, like as much as I'm gonna like call him all these things. I mean, I'm still gonna go on to call him all these like you know bad things because he's not the greatest person out there. But like he is pretty smart, I feel like to extent. To yeah, he's able to manipulate people. That's a certain level of smartness. Maybe not like academically smart. We don't know too much about that. Yeah, no, I'm not saying that. But like, he can say whatever and make people follow along with him. And then I mean, like going back to like how Basil obviously was not affected by this. I feel like Basil he is able to make out good from bad. Basil is uh, like we're going back to Basil's character he's able to make out good from bad like he was able to make out how Henry is not the greatest person right he should not be meeting up with this vulnerable person but he still like lets it happen for some reason um anyway but I just feel like it's the fact that Basil gets so blinded by art like constantly that that was his downfall like being an artist that's so blind by art because he was even able to tell that like all these rumors were bad too that's why he even met dorian right what did you say the downfall about art yeah his downfall was being blinded by art that matches oscar wilde oh gosh so basil obviously dies and i feel like dorian gray his downfall is just being um well i'm not exactly sure how to describe it do you know how to describe his downfall like what like if we were able to like summarize like Dorian's gray like downfall and like within a few words how would we do that because I, everyone has a weakness right? his weakness was greed and not just greed for money but greed for experience mm -hmm. and his just he yeah he constantly craved having new and not so great experiences and his moral compass just went crazy and just creating such some bad karma i don't know it just, that was his downfall, really. Yeah, and I think that's the difference that, like, sets apart Henry because he doesn't, from what we know, he does not have any weaknesses. He does not, like, have something like Basil and Dorian, which he is blinded by. Maybe he's blinded by his stupid ideologies, but those aren't his downfalls because, like, he's above people and they... He doesn't have yeah. a downfall, yeah. He's, like, so ignorant almost that it protects him I know. from like, his he's downfall. So He's yeah. so crafty that way. Yeah, exactly. Like, he's clever, I guess. Mm. Oh my god. I don't like giving him credit. Neither do I. I don't know how to describe it, but yeah. 
actually back then when you said Basil's downfall was being blinded by his art, I think that that matches Oscar Wilde almost. I don't know, it's just, it's kind of scarily accurate because, I mean, as we are talking about this book, I do not think that we can ignore the fact that this was used in court for Oscar Wilde going to jail. Not gonna get into that mess, but I think that there's something about it. Also, just do you have anything to say about Dorian Gray's sexuality? Because I know this book has just, it's riddled with um, just some homosexual overtones, really, um, especially the uncensored version. But I have seen like a lot of people saying, like, I remember actually just like the other day I saw this TikTok and it was like reading Dorian Gray in high school is a certain audio, but basically that Dorian loves Basil and Basil loves Dorian and or their friend it was friendship and no they love each other and i'm like dorian has no feelings i there are definitely like undertones of it and stuff but like at the end of the day basil and dorian are like a toxic relationship yeah i don't ship them oh my god are they a ship they probably are that's scary oh no but like dorian literally murders basil but i do think it's very important to acknowledge it right or we know that Basil is infatuated by Dorian, but do you think Dorian, this is my question, do you think Dorian loves Basil? I, let me think about this. I haven't really thought about it because I feel like it's very easy to tell Basil's feelings. I do feel like Dorian did have a certain attraction towards Basil. I mean, I'd like to imagine that, but I don't think he loved Basil in the same way Basil loved Dorian. Yeah, I said, um... I don't know, with like the whole specu speculation around Dorian Gray's sexuality, I would say that he's not attracted to men, at least mm -hmm. like not to the same extent beyond like just their appearance, I guess. And I do think that's also the same with women. It's all like just their physical appearance because like it's implied that he has had intimate relations with a lot of people and probably some of those are men. And I think he probably only does it to exploit them and to take advantage mm -hmm. of them um, like with Basil and like considering the time like let's think back to Alan Campbell or the scientist dude he wrote something in the letter you know we don't know what that letter said um, I'm assuming he was blackmailing oh him God. after having an affair with him yeah. that is what I'm assuming or maybe not having an affair with him directly but knowing of that mm -hmm. and how do you know of the drama of a group that you're not a part of you're not, you are a part of it. So even with Basil, we know that he's like fully aware of his influence over him and he takes advantage of that, but I don't think so because his his purpose, Dorian's purpose is to live out every little whim that he has. And I don't think that takes, I don't think he has feelings for anybody. <laughs> like, I mean, well, we're not, I don't care about what his sexuality is because that's not a part of this book too, but I just, I don't think he loves Basil, I'm gonna be honest. I mean, I didn't say that he loves Basil. I'm just saying he probably did, like, like how you're saying, like, he's had, like, relationships with, like, basically, like, anybody, like, anyone, everybody, you know? Yeah, just, like, like use them. Not really determined by gender or anything. So, like, I'm not gonna say that he's not attracted to, like, men still. I don't know. Past the extent that would like constitute like a good relationship. Yeah, I agree. Because I mean, it didn't really seem like even when like in the uncensored censored version that you have, like you sent me the page and stuff, but it didn't really seem like Dorian was like gonna like was taking that relationship anywhere, like taking into consideration how he literally just murdered Basil afterward. Like, it just seemed like he was like, oh, well, th that's nice to know, I guess. Do you think Basil telling Dorian this whole love confession affected the outcome of Basil's life? And death? I think it did. I do think that his knowledge of Basil's love for him played a role in his death because, I mean, the reasons for Basil's murder is, like, kind of vague, but honestly, he was just like, no, you can't go on like this, and I think that Dorian started to realize that Basil was becoming a problem because he wanted to see the painting and eventually his secret would be revealed, and so he was pretty worried about that, and I do think he realized that Basil isn't going away anytime soon. Well, he was going to, <laughs> he was going to Paris, uh, but I do think that he realized that he was kind of a loose end and then wanted to murder him. I, I do think it definitely helped Dorian's case with him being gone. I don't think that 
Basil's like love confession was like a reason that like um Dorian took into consideration being like oh he like likes me a lot I feel like because when it seemed like when he did tell uh Dorian all that stuff he was like oh okay and was kind of indifferent to it right and then even afterwards he showed the painting to Basil I mean Basil wasn't act asking to see it or anything he's just trying to address these rumors themes i think that pretty privilege is a big theme or just like <laughs> i mean it is really let's be honest okay don't you agree yeah, Nana, yeah if dory was ugly this wouldn't even be a novel this would be a novella at most <laughs> his appearance has so much to do with the cause and effect of pretty much everything he does and gives him an extreme advantage in this story really yeah, no, everyone just expects way too much of his character because of his looks. Yeah, I mean, this kind of also, like, kind of relates to Teo's theme. But just, like, um, art in general, because his, like, beauty can be interpreted also as art. We've talked about it plenty of times throughout the podcast, but art, like, with the whole Sybil situation of how she was able to act well, Dorian fell in love with her because she could act, and once she stopped acting because she fell in love with him, he, like, dumped her and she killed herself. The whole, like, Basil painting Dorian constantly, like, admiring his look, admiring everything about him, then getting killed. Like, just Dorian wanting to look beautiful forever, and then essentially kind of killing himself, you know, because of it. Because he's sick of the portrait. So it really just art in general. Like, it really wasn't seen as, like, it wasn't really portrayed as this, like, good and, like, this good thing throughout the book, I feel like. Not something that people are like, oh, art is great and amazing. It more seemed like art just, like, ruined everyone's lives in this book. Yeah, I think that art also made Basil's life. Yeah, it made his life, ended it too. <laughs> his life is so like, yeah, and like, because I feel like you know how we read She's Too Pretty to Burn, right? And we saw it on TikTok and it, people described it as the modern day Dorian Gray. It wasn't really the modern day more Dorian Gray. Like, it's so different that it can be like talked about as its own book. It doesn't really need to be associated with Dorian Gray, you know? And I honestly forgot that it was until after I read it and then you talking to me, you read it knowing it was a quote unquote like related to the picture of Dorian Gray. And then you told me and I was like, no, what does this have to do with Dorian? I mean, I was just looking through it because people are like, it's the modern day Dorian Gray. So I was expecting modern day Dorian Gray. It's it did not, not give what really it not. told, you know? It did not. Yeah, but like in this book, that's set to be the modern day of Dorian Gray. <laughs> It's art in this book is like really um portrayed in a negative light. It's also it's pretty destructive in this book too because it does take over this guy's life and he kind of just ruins. Okay, I thought I was gonna go into a thing saying that it was good, but it's also very destructive and she's pretty too pretty to burn. Yeah, art is definitely shown in a very different light. Yeah, which I think is really interesting because, I mean, that's usually your, like, um, YA novels will be like, oh, I want to do art for the rest of my life, but my parents don't want to, and they kick me out of the house, you know? <laughs> and then they want to do art for, like, that's not what we're getting from Dorian Gray, you know? Yeah, um, I also wanted to say, I just love when I read a book, and, because writing reading all that stuff is an art it really is an art form and i mm -hmm. love reading about other types of art within art you know because it like reading yeah it, it's so cool and like that's why like obviously reading the handmaid's tale was so painful because nobody could read it was just like no they don't have books they don't have art like a lot of that and and it's just so fun to read a about it's yeah i definitely recommend and if you haven't read dorian thing and you're listening to this you are in trouble we are disappointed oh in you also one huge theme in this book is just morals in general none of the characters have them um no nope. <laughs> i mean basil maybe basil maybe but like did they get him anywhere in life no nope. <laughs> yeah so like henry he's like he's a whole case you know and dorian well his morals 
he didn't really have many to begin with but the fact is that his morals is like increasingly got worse and worse and like if he did try to get better it did not work out and henry just kept on encouraging his behavior because of his awful morals and just everyone having terrible morals and they all suck and that's the theme um, I also wanted to say, like, let's recognize the anti-Semitism in this book. Um, we know that basically there's a Jewish manager called Isaac, and he is, like, the manager of a, the theater that Sybil works for. And when we first meet him, it's just, like, all the negative stereotypes. Like, Dorian is definitely anti-Semitic. He's just, like, just... I mean, it, it's it's really bad and obvious, and it's just they always call him like the old Jew. They don't refer to him as his name, and it's it's not good. It's I mean, yeah, yeah. They all have this concurring theme, you know. Um, yeah, but it's just it's important that if you're gonna like read these books, it's important to just not like gloss over or ignore, like let's say like Dorian Gray yeah problematic themes and things going on just because you enjoy the book because it's a classic a lot of these have some weird like you know which were probably pretty common in the time too so but one thing i wanted to say is like we know dorian definitely is anti-semitic it's kind of obvious but my question is like what about oscar wilde you know this his writing is reflective could be reflective of oscar wilde's we obviously can't ask him now because he's long dead. Um, we do know that Oscar Wilde was baptized um, first as a child and then, then again before his death, you know, he converted to Catholicism during his final time. So he was definitely not Jewish. So I mean, it's not too far of a stretch. Moving on to the movie, the 2009 movie, how do you feel? I'm honestly too tired to talk about this now. Let me Okay, one thing I like about it is just how it, it does visualize a lot more of the story. So like how Dorian, Dorian just gets these like evil looks out of nowhere. And then again, I do think that's just Ben Barnes. So like, never mind, that has <laughs> nothing to do with the movie itself. I do think the casting was good other than the fact that he wasn't blonde. They should have put a wig on him. Yeah, no, like, okay, I forgot to bring this up earlier, but like, why does every like mysterious, like bad boy have to have black hair? generally because it's easier to think that this dude that has like dark hair and is kind of sus looking is an evil person i love dorian gray too much to not at least enjoy the movie because hear me out you know obviously i would think that it would be the opposite right like i really love the book nothing can live up to it however when i watch the movie i'm like but it's dorian it's the story but it's not really the story at all so i didn't hate it I think Sahir definitely disliked it more than I did. Well, okay, I didn't hate the movie. It's just that, like you were saying, I like Dorian Gray a lot, and I feel like um they changed a lot of it to make like um the characters like for you to be, the audience to be able to sympathize with them, and I feel like that just like kind of like changes the whole message and like themes of the original like content, you know. Which, I mean, I dislike that part, but I don't hate the movie. It's still a good movie, and it, on its own, it'd be fine. It's just, like, comparing it to the book, it's not, like, the greatest, you know? And so, as we know that it does change everything, it kind of changes the whole story arc of Dorian and his personality, because at the end, he, like, finds true love or whatever, and then he's a changed person, and it's, like, you totally sympathize with him in it, which I just don't like because Dorian should never have sympathy. They definitely uh, highlighted his abusive childhood a lot more, and that was very prevalent in it. And I feel like just the whole concept of Dorian Gray was really lost in this adaptation. I know there's like one in the 1940s, I believe, just a while ago. I have not watched that one. I think I might, so we'll see. Whoopsies. I only really watched the 2009 one. So I do think that if you are looking for something more similar to the book, it this is not it. It definitely loses a lot of its original purpose. There's like certain things that they change about all the characters. Like first of all, giving Henry a daughter, which in like what world would he have a daughter, you know? Or that she would be like functioning. Yeah, like she she acts normal, like she's pretty like she's humble. Yeah, she like what? she like has a good personality, like she probably actually has morals and stuff. Like, how do we get to point A to point B? That doesn't work out. And then also, um, Dorian, they just kind of gave him a sex addiction. 
Because in the book, he is continuously, like, actually doing bad things. And in the movies, he just constantly has sex. And that's like, oh no, that's terrible. Like, I mean, it's probably not the safest thing, you know? But, like, they probably could have actually done, like, more things from the book to betray what a bad person Dorian is, you know? I just, I don't feel like just giving him, like, an actual, like, because a sex addiction is a addiction that needs like help from someone you know because it's an addiction that's something you can be sympathetic of and i feel like just like it's not like he has an addiction to doing bad things i mean he could but like that's not actually a thing you know um my notes are so funny i wrote no sex in classics um let me tell you i think one reason why i like the classics is because they're generally wholesome like you won't you won't read about characters kissing or anything and then I watch a movie adaptation and I'm like no no who who said this was okay behind the um, scenes no it's so wholesome <laughs> also the kiss with Basil and Dorian just felt so wrong because of the time it was not accepted not out in public not in a party maybe in like some underground like I mean weren't they weren't yeah that wasn't that weird they weren't at some like randomly prestigious ball they were like at like some like underground place yeah but still I don't know it just felt odd behind the scenes <laughs> no <laughs> I mean, I feel like the fact that they even kissed, though, kind of defeated the whole purpose of, like, Basil's, like, love profession that, like, happens in the book, you know? Yeah, it does. It literally does. See what I mean? The story, the everything changes. The whole purpose is all gone. Also, can we talk about how, like, James Vane is really weird in the movie? He's sitting in a graveyard for, like, years and then sees Dorian. Yeah, we didn't mention... He's like the brother of Sybil that's trying to get revenge, and then he dies. In the movie, it's so weird. Yeah. I don't know, he looks really weird. Dorian causes so much death. So yeah, we know that Dorian is in love with Sybil, and then is kind of mean to her. Then, he finds Lord Henry's daughter, and I think, right, the relationship with Dorian, that Dorian Gray has with Lord Henry's daughter especially the romance side of it, I'm not a fan of. But I will say it does have a profound impact on Lord Henry's relationship with Dorian because like he always saw him as a partner and like I could, I could totally see Dorian seducing Lord Henry's wife in the books. Like absolutely, I don't know. Just did you get those vibes? Cause I got those vibes. But I do think that like making it his daughter instead of his wife that Dorian would have an affair with, I think that's even better and it's a smart move on like the director whoever wrote this in's part because one henry is very protective of his daughter which would he be in real life if this was the book i don't know um but he is in the movie two i do think it shows the time gap because when dorian leaves originally um and the time gap right she's not born yet and then he comes back and she's like an adult that has feelings and can talk and stuff no that's so weird gosh but i do think that this decision drove a wedge between lord henry and dorian's relationship which is crucial to the movie ending you know him locking him in the burning place all that fun stuff and then i also think it is another example of how dorian has no morals like whatsoever he's gonna do what he wants if lord henry tells him not to he's gonna do it anyway in the book i do think that's a little bit different that dynamic's a little bit different but not in this you know he's not changing he never will yeah i just i mean like if we're gonna compare to the book like the whole daughter situation it's just unrealistic but it, i'm just talking about the movie itself i just i don't like how Henry was the one that killed Dorian in the end and how Henry was the person just because he had a daughter that that changed him so much as a person that he's the only person that that had good character development and became a better person like I just feel like this is like a story about all these terrible people doing terrible things and Henry of all people is the person that is getting character development just because he did stuff and then had a child and that makes him a better person because, like, if Dorian were to have a child, like, I don't know, from one of his affairs and, like, actually took the responsibility, would that be his character development? I just, I just don't like how it was so easy for Henry to do, to be a better person, you know, since we see Dorian struggle with it so much and Henry doesn't even care in the books, you know? Too much, dude. There's, like, a lot of changes 
that I feel like were made for the purposes of you just being able to be sympathetic. And I feel like that's just, I feel like it'd be very drastic since like this is literally like a Hollywood movie or something, right? It'd be like very dra drastic if like all the characters are just terrible. Because I feel like your normal like average movie watching audience, like even like book audience, like they don't want a main character that's so crappy. Yeah, they really don't. Yeah, so like they had to like make him redeemable somehow and that's just him having trauma. And that ruined the whole story of Dory. Like that just- Yeah, it, exactly. It got rid of that. I also think that, uh, I don't know, it's kind of weird that we've covered like two things already that Ben Barnes has played in being like an evil person. They're kind of similar. I love Ben Barnes. Good for you. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. Yes, we are back from our tiny break intermission. We're back. I hope you guys drank water. I mean, there's no actual break in the podcast, but we had a break, you know? Um, <laughs> uh, it feels like the time gap that happened in Dorian Gray. Yeah, no, the whole book is like a blurb. I've like concentrated it all into like one page with like bullet points of like random things that happen throughout the book. What, what would, would you, you do? do? This is gonna be fun. And we're just gonna ignore like everything. Because these are classics, you know? Like I'm not exactly sure what I'd be doing. So, okay, moving on. I'm just gonna act like some late white man. I don't know. <laughs> Okay, so let's say you're this James guy, the scientist, right? And your old buddy that you have not been talking to for a certain reason calls you in. And you're like, okay, I guess. And you meet with him and he's like, yeah, so I murdered this random painter and I want you to hide the body. Okay, first of all, how would you react? Uh, what do you think uh, Dorian would be threatening you with? I'm not telling you to like give your whole secret to like the internet, but like what do you think like Dorian would like write on it? Or Me personally? Yeah. And also what do you think he actually like in the actual book, what do you think he actually wrote? I mean, I know that he's blackmailing me, so I would probably be like, why did you murder Basil? I thought you guys were like good buds because from the outside, you know, Dorian spends a lot of time with Basil. I would probably be very disappointed. I would also be scared because I know he's capable of murdering someone else and um... <laughs> Yeah, I would just overall okay. not feel good. And yeah. so what he would probably be blackmailing me for, probably, okay, back in the that time, it would probably have to be an affair because I can't really think, I'm too perfect of a person. No, I'm kidding, but I, I don't really have anything that anyone could blackmail me over. So it would probably be something like, it would probably be that I was already married and that because i'm thinking about if you're a woman in this time first of all okay are we thinking if i was a dude sure honestly just go ahead do whatever you want if it was a woman he could he could threaten me with a lot of different things that would ruin my status and all that i really just i want to say tax evasion out of like all the things <laughs> why would dorian know about you committing tax tax evasion i don't know like, where are we i think that the thing that Dorian blackmailed him with was probably something to do because he wrote it to his parents, right? I think he wrote it to his family. I think it was either something about where he was spending his money or where he was spending his time or who he was sleeping with because Dorian goes to a lot of places that are not so good. So what? where would he be that he would encounter this, this man? Oh, who knows? Yeah, that makes what about you? All right, so we'll start off with how I'd react. Well, I certainly wouldn't be happy. I'm not exactly sure what I was thinking when I wrote this, like, question. But, like, I mean, I wouldn't want to help him. But also, like, if he just murdered, like, this random guy that I haven't heard of, I just walk in, like, meeting him for the first time in a while. I just kind of be like, I just rethink my whole life. And I'd probably help him so I can just get out of there and forget everything, you know? Like, I'm not going to try to run away from him, or I could use my science powers of science to fight against him. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm going to be doing. You tell me what you think Dorian would be writing to blackmail me with, because I actually don't know. Like, blackmailing you? Yeah, like, what's as your- As, like, an old white man? Sure. First of all, I'm having a really hard time picturing you as an old white man. <laughs> <laughs> just, just go with it, it's okay? Like, well, I'm gonna say that you were probably, I don't know, like out loitering. Loitering? Okay, you'd probably meet him in a club somewhere. Like, how, who, how is he meeting these people? He had a doctor's appointment? 
Like, I'm not sure if I agree with Dorian Gray now blackmailing me. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I'm just doing my job as a scientist, I guess. And what do I think he wrote on the thing? I mean, I had a, uh, I heard a theory that, um, uh, that the James guy and Dorian, that they had an affair, right? And then they, like, stopped talking for a while since it was just an affair. Nothing really anything. And then Dorian's like, oh, wait, you're a scientist. And, like, you can help me with, like, hiding a body, of course. So then he calls him in. And then James's like, what do you want from me, dude? Gotta get the lie. Yeah. And then he's like, yeah, so I want you to hide this body or else I'm going to tell everyone that you had an affair. And then he's like, oh, because one thing I'm also imagining is like if they did actually have an affair together, I feel like Dorian has like a lot more social status, you know, compared to this random scientist, right? But the letter was to his family. Yeah, like he get like in these times, like you probably wouldn't have like the most welcoming family, you know, Yeah. at all. So, I mean, that's one theory I heard. Yeah. What would you do if you were Sybil Vane? And Dorian rejected you and you like quit your job, right? Or no, you didn't quit your job, but you were like, you can no longer act because you're so in love with, okay, well, don't, theoretically, I don't think any of us would ever fall in love with Dorian, but anyway, and then he was just like, so mean to you. Like, how would you react after you realized that like your engagement was off? You're not getting married. You're kind of screwed now. I mean, I'd be like, oh. Well, he's, he's just like all the other guys. He's not different. And I mean, I probably just like go to like my brother or like mom or something and just be like, oh no, I can't get married now because this guy's a jerk. I'm not exactly sure what I'd be doing. Like, well, okay, I'm going to be killing myself. Like, you are? No, I said, like, I, I wouldn't, like, I mean, I'd like to imagine that I wouldn't just, like, kill myself after finding all this stuff out, you know? I don't know. I just, I feel like I would want revenge. Um, okay, so this question is, if you were Basil in the first chapter, would you have kicked Henry out of the studio or not? And why? What's your reasoning for whatever you picked? And related question, do you think that if Basil kicked Henry out of the studio at, like, the time of Dorian's, like, um, painting, uh, do you think that would change later events and, like, make Dorian a better person? I don't know. Um, I think that if I was Basil, I mean, if I was Basil, I know that he had known of Lord Henry for a pretty long time, so I don't know what the likelihood of him kicking him out. He must have had, do had done something really bad, um, but yes. I would like to think that I would kick him out because let's just say he was an ass and I was like, can you please just leave? I, I don't want you here. I need to do my art. Um, plus at that time you would have found Dorian and you have more things to paint. So you're just busy. You just don't need him around. And you know, he doesn't have a job. He's an aristocrat. So he has nothing to do with his life. And I do think it would have a pretty big impact on later outcomes, depending on when he kicked him out. Because we know after like the first couple encounters Dorian has with Lord Henry, they are already like pretty close. Like you know that he he talks to him outside and they're, they're talking. So if it was like the very, very beginning, I do think that he probably wouldn't have become so close with Lord Henry. And then also if Dorian continued to see Lord Henry, I feel like it may have not been as frequent because he was spending still a good amount of time with Basil at this point. And a lot of times the three of them would be together in this scenario. So it, I do think it could have changed certain situations if, you know, Basil and Henry didn't have the same relationship as they did in the book. Yeah, I agree. Uh, if I was Basil, I mean, I, I would kick Henry out, not even because he's annoying and a prick. It'd just be because, like, I'm painting and, like, I'm kind of, I want to do this in private and not while someone is, like, staring at me and, like, saying random things, you know? Like, I want to be at peace while I'm painting Dorian, you know? I don't need you around. And you, we can just hang out some other time. Like, leave. No one wants you here. Right? And then, also, I feel like, um, so I feel like, uh... Like, depending on the time that they, uh, like, like you're saying, depending on the time that Basil kicked Henry out, because if Basil, like, kicked Henry out, like, while they were just in the garden, like, Dorian wouldn't even have, like, met, um, 
Henry at the time. But then if Basil like kicked Henry out after he was saying random stuff to Dorian, I feel like those things would already be like in Dorian's head and he'd probably be curious and like he'd probably want to meet Henry because he's interested with what Henry was saying earlier. So it does depend on the time, but even if they, I feel like if they got kicked out in the garden, I just feel like Henry would kind of still be pestering Basil to meet Dorian because of how much Basil talks about Dorian and um because they frequently meet and like they uh basil would still continue like painting dorian so i feel like henry would just like purposely try to meet dorian when he could because he was also curious with the idea of dorian and who this person is i feel like lord henry definitely does pester he definitely does pester people like that's just such a perfect word to describe him yeah okay (laughs) this is like the longest episode we've ever recorded I was so excited for this episode. Honestly, my notes, it's kind of scary because I have the picture of Dorian Gray and then on the back side is my Maze Runner episode one notes. It is. Everything has come full circle. Yeah, now we can just like, like ditch the podcast. No more episodes. (laughs) We're done forever. No, no, no. We're not done forever. We're going to continue doing this. All right. Well, thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Bookish Besties. We're your co-hosts, Seher and Taya, and have an amazing and wonderful day. Bye. Bye.